We're holding at the end of Paragid Base, the end of Shmuel's uh, speech of rebuke to the Jewish people. And now he finishes up, Apostle Pilate, and he says, Ach, Yerush Hashem. The main point is that having a king shouldn't take away from the reliance and dependency on Hashem. And therefore, they should still fear Hashem. And they should maintain the level of serving Hashem with their whole heart. And like we saw from the sign of the rain, was that chesed, which is not appreciated, becomes, a, becomes an accusation against the Jewish people. And therefore, Shmuel says to them again, if you see what he's, the good he's done for you, it's a shahidil. God always means the middle of Hashem's goodness. And therefore, the, when you see the goodness Hashem does for you, that should be the catalyst, that should be the reason why you're going to serve him properly and do what Hashem wants. And then, if that's the case, then having a king isn't a bad thing. Because it's not going to interfere with the word of Hashem. But if you're going to use the king as a reason to become bad, then you and the king will get punished. And therefore Shmuel's made the point and, uh, that uh, having a king shouldn't interfere with Klai Yisrael's understanding or Klai Yisrael's primary uh, motivation in, in still doing what HaKadosh Baruch wants them to do. Okay, Paragid Gimel describes the beginning of Shaul's reign. And the Apostle tells us, Ben Shana Shaul B'Molchai, what happened to Ben Shana, when Shaul was in the first year of his kingship, Shaul's reign only lasted for two years. So now we're discussing what happened at the first year, at the beginning of Shaul's kingship. Chazal, even though that's a simple shot in the Pasuk, Chazal, Darius, the Pasuk, that Shaul, when he became a king, was like a Ben Shana. The Gemara says in Yuma, just like a child, a one-year-old child, has no avarice that they've done. So same thing, Shaul, before he became a king, was completely blameless. So he was a complete tzaddik. But, as they said, how corrupt. And you're going to see that Shaul, being the king, made big mistakes, even though before that he had a track record of, of doing everything right. So, the, the Nach is going to describe to us the first mistake Shaul made. And the Pasuk gives us the background first. He had a standing army of 3,000 people. And he split them. That was the central part of Eretz Israel. So he had a thousand, out of the three thousand, two thousand were split between Mechmash and Basel, which were in the middle part of Eretz Israel. The other, the last thousand, Holy Nebi and the Son, who gave us Binyamin. The third thousand were with Yenis and Yenis and Rishol's oldest son. And therefore he had his own garrison, which was in the Geva Binyamin, which was really Shol's hometown. The Yesaram Shilach Ishkara. So Shol didn't keep a very big army. He got a standing force of three thousand people. And the rest of the Kaishal he sent home. Um, and uh, Shaul splits his force between three places around the central part of Eretz Israel. Kilo has a maybe the terrorist enemies, but that's, uh, that was the only standing army Shaul had. And now what happens is in Pasuk Gimel, Vayach Yonason is in Siva Plishtim, Asher We said that Yonason uh, and his thousand soldiers were in Gibbous Binyamin. The Plishtim sent in the Tzib, he sent Kilo a a commander force to to be on top of what's going on, uh, like a, a certain like a, a military officer to oversee what's happening by the Jewish people. You remember that Fishtim with the sworn enemies of Klai Israel, and at this stage they were still traveling freely through Jewish territory. So they set up a base, they set up a standpoint uh, on Gevas Binyamin, and 
and it's Yenison, uh, goes and destroys this outpost of the Pishtim and he kills this, the officers. Yishmael Pishtim, you see this is an act of rebellion. So, obviously, the, the Pishtim are going to do something to take revenge, and therefore, Shol, here's what happens. So he warns by Yishmael, Vashol, Taka B'Shoifer B'Cholo Oretz, Lema Yishmael Ibn Shol, B'Laz Shoifer, or rather it's Yishmael, to and, and warn the Jews that there's going to be some kind of Pishti retaliation for the fact that they killed the the officer of the Pishti. So the Chol Yishmael Shom, the old Faisal heard this uh, announcement, and said, Hitka Shal is the Sivu Pishti, and Shal killed the officer of the Pishti, and therefore the Pishtim are now angered against Tarishol, so to speak, if, uh, they want to take revenge on them. And therefore, So the people gather together, and then there's going to be a war. And therefore, they, they stream from all parts of Tarishol to Gilgal, which was again the central part of Israel, to join ranks behind Shah. It's interesting that even though Yonason was the one who killed him, Siflishtim, the the, the way that the announcement went, went with the children. And then again, as a king, it was given with his uh, authorization, so he took responsibility. He, he allowed the... But it wasn't his plan. You understand that on, on his own, it doesn't say that Shol did anything about the fact that he was... He just decided on... He did it on his own, but we understand that Shol must have approved it. Otherwise, otherwise he... Yeah, exactly. And then for Shol takes responsibility for it, which is a male of a king, that's the first good thing. He stands behind the decisions he makes. And now, so Klai Yisrael all gathered in Gilgal to fight, and the Pishtim from their point of view also gathered an army. The Pishtim also gathered to fight against Klai Yisrael, and they put together a much bigger army. They have 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen. Now, just to get put in perspective, 30,000 chariots, it says when Pyro chased the Jewish people at Yamsuf, he had 600 chariots. And that was already a formidable force. And he had a, instead of 600, the, the fishermen should put together 30,000. So you're talking about an enormous army. They, they had space to, to park them all? Well, I don't know how big the front was. But they had the 30,000. But in, 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 in Gaza, where... Uh, when the Arabs pushed him. Yeah, Arabs pushed him. And they took up a lot of space. They took a lot of space, yeah. Because they had the, the, whole, the whole border was fortified. So 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen, and then foot soldiers, the Am, Kachol, Asher, Asfasayam, Lerat. And foot soldiers without number, covered the face of the earth. And Vayana, Vayachnu, Vemichmash, Kidmas, Beisavim. So the Tishti army marches into, into Eretz Israel, and they camp in Mechmash. Mechmash, as you remember from the Pesukah before, was one of the places where the Jewish soldiers were stationed, except there were a thousand of them, the Jewish soldiers against uh, 30,000 chariots and an, an infinite amount of soldiers. And therefore, um, even though they had originally rallied to show, now they see, uh, the, so to speak, the statistics of the enemy. So the Ish Yisrael Rauki Tzairloi, Yisrael saw them in a bad position. And they Kiniga Shaham, because the Pishtim have approached, now they can see how big the Pishti army is. And therefore, by they break ranks and they go and hide. From Oris and caves of Achavachim, in crevices of Aslan, behind rocks of Atzrichim of Aboris, in the forests and in the, in anywhere they can hide. And they obviously think that they don't stand a chance in battle against the Pishtim, and therefore they think their best bet is to try and hide, and then they won't be in the, in the plan of uh, fire. 
those are the ones who managed to hide nearby. And there were those who Ibrim Abras Ayadlin. There were those who ran across the Yadlin River to Avra Yadlin Eretz God Vigilad, because that was further away from where the Christian were. And now Shal is the king, obviously he had to hold he had to stay strong where he was. Shal stayed in Gilgal and with and whoever was remained with him, the even the ones who didn't run, but they were trembling because they were, they didn't think that they had much of a chance in battle against the Pishti. Now Shal Shmuel foresaw this battle. When Shmuel gave his original instructions to Shal, so he 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 knew this was going to happen. And in the Vua, he told Shal, then I'll read the Pesukim again, his message to Sh- his instruction to Shal was in Parakyot Pasukhes. And he said, Vierarata lefanai ha Gilgal. And go down to Gilgal for me. This was when now, when Shal was in Gilgal. Yeah. I'm going to come. To bring up the Karbanas. And Shmuel tells him, wait for seven days until I come to you. And then we're down to the Chatashet I'm going to tell you what to do next. So Shaul had an explicit levur from Shmuel predicting the event. He says, there's going to be a time you're going to go down to Gilgal, and you're going to wait for me, because I'm going to come seven days after you, and then I'm going to bring the Korbanus, and then I'll tell you what you need to do. Shaul knows that. And therefore, the Pazak says, Vayachel Shivas Yamin. He waits for seven days, for the time when Shmuel said he's going to come. He knew that he was instructed by the Lord this is what he needed to do. So he was waiting. What happened? The seventh day dawns, the seventh day, Shmuel hasn't come. It's already morning and Shmuel's not there yet. And now, remember, the, the skeleton force, which is still hanging strong, which is still staying with Shal, you know, what's going on? What are we waiting for? So they, obviously Shal must have told them. They knew. And they knew that they're waiting because the, because the, the seventh day is when Shmuel is going to come and give him direction what to do. So the seventh day comes and Shmuel is not there. The people started to just hope, they started to give up. And even the remaining soldiers who are with Shmuel, with Shaul, start to scatter and run as well. So Shaul is obviously under a lot of lachat, a lot of pressure to do something. He's losing his last remaining soldiers. And uh, the seventh day is here, Shmuel's not here. And he's scared he's going to have to confront this enormous Pishti army by himself because people aren't staying with him. So once again, Shmuel makes a decision. So he says, bring me the Kabbalists. I'm not waiting for Shmuel, I'm bringing it myself. And he felt this was, he, he understood they needed to bring Kabbalists before they go to war. This was meant to be Kira in place of the Tfilah. Or the way to be Miratza Kodesh Baruch before they go to fight. But the nice, even though Shmuel said, I want to become Brina Kabbalist, told him clearly, I'm going to come up in seven days and I'm going to bring the Kabbalist. Shmuel decided he's not waiting anymore. It's a massive of Pekach Nefesh, he's losing his army, and he's going to bring the Kabbalist himself. Now, even though neither Shmuel nor Shmuel was a Kohen, we know that this was a time after, after the Mishnah was destroyed, and therefore it was Mutter to bring Kabbalist on a, any bomb or any private Izbech. And the common bro- uh, carbon brought on a private Mizbeach doesn't need a coin. And therefore, even the non coin could have brought the carbon. So, Shaul technically was qualified to bring the carbon. He was allowed to bring the carbon. But the problem wasn't that he brought the carbon, the problem was that he 
disregarded the explicit instructions from the Navi. The Navi said, wait for me, I want to bring the carbon, and Shol, and Shol didn't do that. But the Pasuk says, that Shol, it says, uh, that, so now he brings the first look of to Aida, by he, as soon as he finished bringing the Aida, then Vinay Shmuel Ba, Shmuel arrives. And it was, Shmuel had kept his word, it was the seventh day. It was the seventh day. Shaul was waiting from, from the morning, and he hadn't come first thing in the morning, but Shmuel said, I'll come on the seventh day. And it was still the seventh day, and Shmuel arrives, and he sees uh, the carbon's already been brought. So he had to Shaul, the Christ of the Baruch, obviously Shaul's very happy to see Shmuel. And here again, we see this over here, and we see this later on, by the other mistake Shaul makes, he didn't think he had done something wrong. He didn't go to apologize, he came to greet Shmuel. Oh, uh, no, we're waiting for you, welcome. Shmuel says, what did you do? You could, obviously, he read as the carbon had been brought up. And Shmuel says, I told you to wait for me. Why, why, what did you do? Why did you bring the carbon before I came? So Shmuel justifies himself. He says, I saw people were running away from me. They were scattering. But he didn't come. It was already the seventh day. And therefore, the Christian army is there waiting. They're already all gathered in Mechmash. And now what's going to happen next is the Pishnah are going to march on Gilgal and I haven't done it yet. I haven't brought a carbon and you weren't here so what am I going to do? So I strengthened myself and I decided I'm bringing the Ayla so that, that it was necessary. And here we see the first tragic mistake that Charles makes. The three parts of Charles' mistake. In three parts of Charles' mistake, and each one in its own right is something which is which undermines his ability to be a king. Now, firstly, why did Shmuel do this thing? Or Shmuel is a Navi, let's put it more like why did Hakadosh Baruch Hu set up a situation like this? So the obvious answer is this was the Nisayan that Shmuel had to pass to be a king. It wasn't for nothing that Shmuel told him to wait seven days. It wasn't for nothing that Shmuel didn't arrive on daybreak on the seventh day. He took his time. Badafka. Badafka, because this was an Nisan for Shal. This was an Nisan for Shal uh, to, to, so to speak, to secure him as a king or to show that he was worthy of being a king. So like I said, what was an Nisan? There were three parts to the Nisan and Shal failed all three. Shal failed all three and Shmuel, as you understand, gave him a chance to try and rectify something and he, he missed every opportunity. Okay, so the first part. Let me mention this before. In the Navi, the first point which is important about a king is that a king can't be led by the people. When a king is led by the people, he's not a king anymore. Then he's a follower to the public interest or to what people decide, in public opinion, and that's not a king. I mean, he might be popular because he goes along with what people want, but he's lost his status as a king. A king has to be able to decide. He's the one who makes decisions, and he's willing to stand up for his decisions, and he's willing to go against public opinion if that's the right thing to do. And a king who's too weak to do that isn't a king. Isn't a king. He's a pacifist, he's a populist, whatever you want to call him, he's not a king. And therefore the first thing that a king has to show that he's able to do is to withstand what people want. Withstand what people want. And when people want something and I don't care, I don't want it, and I'm the king and I'm going to be strong about it. And especially in a case like this, where the people desperately were desperate. They they saw that the Christian were were raring to fight. And their hands were tied because oh. Shmuel, no one's fighting until we bring the carbon. So get on with it already. No, you wait. What are you waiting for? For Shmuel to come. 
Now, when Shmuel coming on the seventh day, so Kai Yisrael appreciated that even though there was, I'm sure, a rising tension in the Jewish camp and a rising sense of panic, as we see the Christian getting more and more fortified, but seventh day, and now here's the seventh day, where where Shmuel? What's going on? You can't wait anymore. And Shaul says, well, I'm not bringing the car, and Shmuel's not here. So Bill's like, okay, so we're not waiting, we're running. And Shaul watches us. One person runs, the next one runs, the next one puts down his arm, his, like his arm and runs. And he's getting more and more, so to speak, panicky that we're going to be left with nobody. Okay, that's your only sign. And his sign was, you're not going to change because the people aren't, aren't behind you. You're going to be strong. You know what Hashem told you clearly what he wanted to do. You have to withstand that. So Shaul's first mistake was he wasn't strong enough. He came out, got there. He waited until the seventh day. He waited until the seventh day. But when I got to that last point where he felt it's, this is uh, too much, I, I, I can't afford to lose everybody. So it's, I know I should tell him to do it, but I can't, I can't lose everyone. And that's part of him. So Shaul said himself, he said it himself. And Shaul asked him, What did you do? He said, I saw the people who were leaving me. And I said, Now the people are going to come and I'm all by myself. I don't know what to do. So therefore, Shaul, so to speak, caved to public pressure. He, he did something he knew he wasn't meant to do because that's what the people wanted. And that was the first uh, mistake Shaul made. That was the first mistake Shaul made. And that already renders him, so to speak, not worthy of being a king. Because the king has to be somebody who's not going to change because the people want him to change. There, that's always uh, the start of the downfall of a king. And there's many times afterwards by the kings as well. And that is, when the king gives in to what the people want, and he's lost his standing as a king. And not only that, he's lost his, very often, his, his whatever position he has at sight, because doing the right thing, once he gives in to what people want, then he starts doing the wrong thing. And therefore, that was the, te- the test of how successful the king Shaul was going to be. That was his first failure. That was his first failure. Um, now, the Amos is Shaul's mistake here, was a mistake which is also tragically repeated time and again in Jewish history. There are a few times where Kai Yisrael collectively make the same mistake, and always it has uh, tragic consequences. And the mistake is that Kai Yisrael are impatient. They don't wait. And even if they're told what to wait for, they still don't wait. And the other example, the same idea, was by the Egerazot. The Moshe said, wait for the party at there. And however they made the Cheshbonus wrong, even if they made a mistake in the calculation, but they didn't wait till the end of the day. Already in the morning, Moshe's not here, that's the end of the world, what's going to be? And Moshe at least has the whole day to come down. Even without the mistake that they made how to calculate the days. Why don't you wait until the end of the day? He, he, he gave himself today, he said, until today I can still come. So why in the first thing in the morning, Moshe's not here, that's already a tragedy. We have to do something about it. And the same by Shmuel. Shmuel said, I'm coming on the seventh day. At least wait till the end of the day. Why, why does it, if he's not here, the first possible opportunity, that's already a... That's already a reason to... To, to take action, you know, he's not he's not over time yet. He's not late yet. He's still within the amount of time he could come, and it's uh, like I said in both cases the results were tragic. But we find other times the same idea as well. It's you know a certain okay, somewhere it comes from also, but there's a certain a weakness that's in Klai Yisrael, which we find a number of times that comes from the fact that the Klai Yisrael can't wait. When, the, when, when something's meant to happen and it doesn't happen and everyone really gets agitated and everyone really starts to give up and starts to do things. I don't know if I saw one safer. But he brings that the ticket for this method is waiting for Mashiach. Because then we're going to have to wait. And then for the Pasuk says, By him he's going to take his time and you're going to wait for him. 
And he said, that's the token for Chakai Yisrael's collective mistake of not being able to be patient. Of wanting things to happen, if they don't happen when we want them, then we give up. So what the tikkun is going to be, I'm sure it's going to take time to come. It's my man. What's the tikkun? We don't have a choice. No, don't give up. We do, right? Don't give up. Give up. Yeah, and we're not going to give up. Okay, look, we're going to stay in way. As long as it takes to wait. Wait and not give up. Right, not like here, for example. When Shmuel's not here, we run. That's it. We drop arms and disappear because we've given up. And we don't do that. Okay, look, and that's a ticket. It's something which first will need to be taken because that's a mistake which is, so to speak, ingrained. That if Mashiach hasn't yet arrived, that means he's not coming. So, no, he's still welcome. It's not like my mother's show by Shmuel. We're still waiting. Yeah? Just we haven't decided that's it. You know, the time's come, the time's gone, and uh, he never showed up yet, so then when the time is not coming, we give up. Like my mother's show. The mother's not here in time, must be my dad. Shmuel's not here in time, must be he's not coming. Yeah, we're going to be going to be trained that we. Okay, okay. Okay, that was the first mistake of Kai Yisrael. But that put a pressure on Shaul, and Shaul came in. That was Shaul's first mistake. Now, the second mistake, the second mistake of Shaul was that uh, besides for besides for being given to people, we saw that beforehand Shaul had the nature that he was he was a big honor. He didn't want to know that he was a king. He hid like we saw, and now Shaul takes leadership. So now Shaul feels I have to be assertive. I have to be assertive, and he says it himself. I strengthened myself. I decided I have to take a stand, I have to do something. And it's a kilo. This was again a mistake, Pasha. This was again a mistake, Pasha. And that is that it wasn't just giving it to the people wanted. It's deciding I have to do something on my own, even if I know it's against what the Navi wants. And I understand, maybe if Shmuel himself, maybe he felt that something which I'm not strong, it wasn't his natural strength. And then if I feel, now that I'm a king, I, I have to make myself more so. And that's Lashna uses. Vesapak uh, Rashi says in his Ritzoni, I went against what I wanted to do. I forced myself to do this. And uh, I forced myself not to do that. And as Shaul came to compensate when he felt he was weak. And therefore he thought, I'm not somebody who's naturally strong and, and decisive. I'm going to force myself to be like that. But that was the second mistake. That was the second mistake. Because that... that, that when that, that midah is going to make a person decide to do things against what he knows, what the, told, what the Navi told him to do, against what he was told, so then again, then that's the mistake that Shaul gives When the king is going to decide to disobey Hashem, when the king is going to decide to disobey Hashem, then that's the second reason why he no longer deserves to be a king. He no longer deserves to be a king. That was the second, the second mistake Shaul made. And the third mistake Shaul made, and this we see throughout the story with Shaul and Chazal point this out also, and that is why why this was the case. We can still explain. The first mistake was Shaul never apologizes for what he does wrong. And when the Navi comes and says, "Why didn't you listen to me? I told you to wait for me," so Shaul gives him to a long explanation to justify himself. He's never, "I'm sorry, I was wrong, and I did wrong." And that's that's Shaul's third mistake. And so it's like, as you see, not just here, but in a future mistake, Shaul's going to make as well, exactly the same thing. He doesn't do truth. He doesn't back down. And uh, even if he knows he's wrong, because the Novi, he knows the Novi told him to wait, and now the Novi says, why didn't you wait? I told you to wait. There's no apology, there's no retraction, there's no, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. No, I'll, I'll explain to you why I did it. Now again, it could be that Shaul felt like that, because being a king, he felt he had to stand up for 
the stand up for his decisions. And uh, that was a big mistake. It was a big mistake, and this is something which uh, you see the contrast to Adavra Menach. And the Gemara points this out. The Gemara says that David also made mistakes during his reign as a king. And there were times when Nadi came to David also and told him, You've done something wrong, and you deserve to be punished. And David's answer was, Every time. Every time, repeat time, every time, fatasi. I was wrong, I'm sorry. And the answer always is, and Hashem will forgive you. Now, it's not easy for anybody to admit they were wrong, and a hundred times more is more difficult for a king. And like the Pasuk is not it talks about the, 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 the king who brings the carbon khatas, who does something wrong. I said, Asher Nasi Yechata. It's Ashre Nasi. Praiseworthy is the Nasi, is the leader, is the king. You can all have to say, I did something wrong, and I'm going to make a carbon practice. It's very hard. A person has a certain stature, and therefore doesn't want people to look down on him, and, and to admit I made a mistake and did something wrong is embarrassing. It's, it's in some way, the king feels lessening his carbon. It's not easy. It's not easy for a king to, to, to admit to have made a mistake, but it's a critical part of not being punished for the mistake. Because when, when, when Dawid Amalek, even though he deserved to be punished for things he did wrong at different times, but his response was Khatasi. So Hashem says, that's the case, you're not going to get punished. Hashem accepts Shiva, especially when the Shiva is difficult. And now that, that just finished, so that just made the problem with Shal a bigger problem. And that is, even when he knew he had done wrong, and the Novi tells him off, why did he do it? The, the answer should have been Khatasi. Khatasi, I was wrong. I'm sorry, I did the wrong thing. If that's the case, then he would have been forgiven. Because he can make a mistake. If he has to have trophy, there's, there's a chance to forgive him. But because Shaul never said Fatas, he never backed down, he never admitted he was wrong, the man just ended up getting punished. And I'll tell you something unbelievable. It's a story I found many years ago, but it's, it's answered a question I never understood until then. And that is to know that Hashem always accepts Trevor. It's a principle. You know, Hashem always accepts Trevor. So let's go to the, the Averas of the Torah, such as, let's say, the Avera of Adam Rish. Averas, it was maybe, maybe the most serious mistake a person ever made. He gave into the snake and he ate him into dust. But didn't Hashem accept Shiva? Didn't Hashem accept Shiva? In other words, he was condemned to die and the whole world to get destroyed. What about Shiva? This is what the Swana says. Swana says that Hashem came to Adam and said to him, Adam, what happened to you? Ayako, did you eat from the tree? And he says, Hashem was waiting for Adam to say, Khatasi. And this is the this is the this is the Khidish. Says the Swana. Had Adam said Khatasi, he wouldn't have been punished. Hashem would have accepted the children. But because Adam lost the chance and he didn't say Khatasi, he blamed the Ishan, he blamed the snake, and he blamed everybody else, and not him. So then he lost his chance to the children and he got punished. And that's the Yisrael. As bad as the very is, there's a window of opportunity to do job. And if the person is going to take their chance, and when he's approached, why did you do that? And the immediate result is, I was wrong. Khatasi. So then, like Badawi Ramelech, Kamashem have your Khatasha. Hashem will forgive you. But when the person is confronted with, why did you do this? And he doesn't use that golden opportunity to do job, then he's condemned himself. And that's the same thing happens to Shaul here. Shmuel came to him and Shaul didn't launch into a tirade. He asked him first to give him an opportunity. What did you do? Why did you bring the carbon? Didn't you, know, didn't you remember I told you to wait for me? And now Shaul's trance. Shaul should have said, Shmuel, I made a mistake. 